0: All right. Hello. Welcome back, everyone, to the COREcast. This is your youth ministry COREcast, a conversation designed to help you, the CORE member, become a better disciple and a better missionary. We want to remind all of our CORE members at St. Anthony's that through your belonging to the church and through your belief in Jesus, you can be a life-changing blessing to our youth. I'm Adam Smythe, and joining me again this week...
1: Paige Ingersoll.
0: There it is, Paige Ingersoll. So, uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As we continue on in Season 2, uh, well, actually, I guess, start Season 2. We had our 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 Officially. reboot. We are going to be exploring the concept of evangelization, and we're going to just be talking about what evangelization is, what it looks like from a number of different angles, defining it, discussing it, all of that. But before we even get into that, today, uh, we are going to take just a, a brief moment to talk a little bit about some of the the why's behind the what's of evangelization. Or maybe it's the what behind the why, now that I think about that. Yeah, more so. Uh, so today what we want to do, and, and with this bit of time that we have, is talk very briefly about the gospel. The gospel, the gospel. What does the gospel have to do with evangelization? And one of the kind of fun little tidbits that you can learn, Mike Gormley will gladly share this with you, and it may be where I actually... Heard this for the first time, but when we look at the word evangelization, I think it makes sense for us starting out in a season to just talk about evangelization right. to define the word. What does this mean? And so, evangelization, like a lot of the words in our our awesome tradition, comes from the Greek. And from the Greek, there is a word even evangelion i think i said that right i don't know my classical greek my classical greek's a little out of um evangelion right and it literally means to be a herald of the good news right and what's really interesting is that when we look at uh antiquity when we look at like the roman imperial times what an evangelist was one of these evangelion or however you would say it in the greek What would happen is as the Caesar, the leader of Rome, came and conquered and took over control militarily, politically, with all of that, of any sort of city or town, whatever it was, he actually sent a herald in front of him to pronounce the good news that you are now under control of this amazing, living, breathing God who has been so great to us. So it's a little bit of a weird way to start, but when we think about what it means to be an evangelist, even throughout history... The church has taken this term to talk about evangelists, but to be heralds of what is truly the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about evangelization, we are talking about being heralds of the gospel, heralds of this good news. But it's going to be important for us to know, to understand, and to articulate the good news. So Paige, what is the gospel?
1: So when we look at... um what like Pope Francis has written in joy of the gospel. He talks about how evangelization begins by sharing the basic gospel, the basic message of the gospel. And what is that? How do we pare that down? I mean, we've got so much history, so much tradition, so much faith. Um, but what do we actually believe as the gospel? And, um, he specifically quotes, uh, his quote is Jesus Christ loves you. He gave his life to save you. And now he is living at your side every day to enlighten, strengthen, and free you. So mm-hmm. Jesus Christ loves you first and foremost. He give, gave his life to save you on the cross. And now he is living at your side as your constant companion to enlighten, strengthen, and free you. And I love yeah. I love this de- definition of the charygma, right? Um and talks about how this is the this is the basis of why we what what are we proclaiming and why does it give us joy and life because he is our constant companion he is at our side we trust that his everlasting presence with us that he is living um that he is not dead but alive in us through us and with us um, and I just, I love that Pope Francis wrote this Enjoy the Gospel. But Adam, you also yeah. have a, another definition that you were taught. Was that Franciscan that you learned this? Oh,
0: other- you know it.
1: Perfect. So would you like to share it?
0: Yeah. So the Kerygma really, it just comes down to what is um, the basic gospel message. And, and throughout history, we have had different iterations. Uh, for any of you, any of our core members who may have a, a Protestant background, um, we even look at things like the five spiritual laws that exist within some of like the Protestant or the Evangelical world, and so it's it's just kind of parsing down to some main points. Um, but back in the 1950s, there was a bit of a uh, catechetical renewal, and there were a couple of German priests. One was kind of the mentor of the other, but the 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 second of these two, his name was uh, Father um, Jungmann,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Father Jungmann uh, in his oh gosh. I'm not going to remember the name of the document. You can tell I'm so prepared. One of his documents talks um, and just kind of gives this definition of the charism. It's a four-point charism, so it's one more than Pope Francis is. But uh, it is that uh, point number one: Jesus Christ or God loves you and has a plan for your life. Point number two being that sin destroys that relationship and mm-hmm. damages our our relationship with God. Uh, number three: Jesus Christ died for your sins. He is the only way. And then point four turn to Jesus by joining his body, the church. So yeah. the same basic message, but a little more explicit when it comes to yeah, joining the church.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was like the main focus with this is of knowing the kerygma, of knowing the good news of the gospel, is that this needs to be our um, kind of our uh, the origin of all of what we're going to proclaim. Yeah. No matter what the topic is that night, no matter what kind of conversation or questions come out, are we still staying true to this basic message of the gospel? Because if we're not, then we've, we've gone off the rails. You yeah, know? And,
0: and even if it's outside of, you know, youth ministry context too, like the yeah, gospel absolutely. is the animating feature.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um.
0: Yeah. So as we continue talking about the gospel and as we continue talking a little bit about evangelization, uh, just things that are, are kind of coming to mind for me um, obviously for, for those of you who I guess are maybe not as aware of Franciscan university or the, the Steubenville world, uh, one of my degrees or the degree I got at Franciscan university, um, is a degree, degree called catechetics, which really is just the handing on of the faith. But a huge part of that was just training in these different topics, right? Talking about the right. kerygma, which is that fun kind of Greek word for that introduction Talking about things like evangelization, talking about catechesis and the gospel, all of this, and so uh, I was just kind of thinking back as as we were getting ready for this podcast on different moments in my life where evangelization was was defined and different things that I kind of have stuck in my brain from having it you know drilled in throughout an undergraduate degree, and at the end of the day, what I what I kept coming back to was actually from Pope um, St. John Paul II in his kind of great document, um, which is on uh, Catechesi tridende, which is just catechesis in the modern world. But talking about the fact that we need to have a, a Christocentric catechesis, or, or even our evangelization yeah, needs to be Christocentric. What does that mean? if you put the words together and then split them apart, it would probably make sense to any of you, but Christocentric, meaning that Christ is at the center. So as we're talking about the gospel and how the gospel really should be what is at the center of what we're doing, whether it's in our ministry, in our our lives in general, uh, we also have to recognize that the center of the gospel is a person, the person of Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. And it is Christ himself who animates everything that we're doing. So... To be heralds of the good news, to be heralds of the gospel, really means to be heralds of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And 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 the role that the gospel plays in our lives, um, the gospel cannot be something that is other, mm. right? The gospel, if if we think of it as this exterior, outside, or secondary thing, right, or, or like an outside force or a truth that exists outside of me right. that I'm just presenting, then we're going to be no better than you know just any sort of teacher who's teaching a subject. Right. Not that that's an important or should be, you know, diminished, but when we're preaching the gospel, it yeah. really is not a subject matter. The gospel is Jesus Christ.
1: And I think that's like something that um, Pope Francis does a good job of addressing in Joy of the Gospel because he talks about how like no one is excluded from the joy brought by the Lord. Like no one is excluded in proclaiming the gospel because when we start to think that like, oh, well, I need to have some kind of degree in order to do this, or I need to have some kind of level of knowledge in order to like be a herald of good news, like in my work, you know, in my working situations or in my family, if I don't know enough, like how could I possibly be a herald of good news? And it's like,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: I love that he, he addresses two things, two sources of evangelization that we have to know and have to live out of. And the first is we have the opportunity to evangelize, because God loved us first. So we are called to be evangelists not because we have this degree or this w- wealth of knowledge or that we have this you know um, this rapport or, or anything like that. it's the fact that we have been loved, therefore we go and we love, right We have encountered yeah. the the person of Christ and therefore, who doesn't I just I was thinking about this example of like who goes and sees a movie that they absolutely loved and then have to go home and Google how do I go and tell other people about this great <laughs> movie like no one goes and yeah. looks that up of how to do it if they've gone and encountered something awesome or incredible they just go and profess it out of just joy or love and I know this is totally different from a movie from Jesus Christ like the saving power and love of Jesus Christ but it's like no one needs to teach us how to profess our zeal and our love and our joy in when we've encountered a person, right? So they talk about first we can evangelize only because of God um, first loving us. And then second, we go and we evangelize from the source of how much do we accept this gospel message into our own lives? How much am I accepting that Jesus Christ loves me today? No matter what I've done, no matter how I've screwed up, no matter how great I've been or whatever, do I trust that Christ loves me today now? Um, and like, do I trust that he truly did give his life uniquely for me, you know, specifically for me. Mm. And do I trust that he's with me at all times through the good, through the bad, like how much am I rooted in this understanding of the gospel message in my life? Cause those are the two sources that one, God loved me first. Therefore I, prof- I have the opportunity and the call to profess him. And two, how much am I living out of this place of, I know that the charisma is the truth and the way and the life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so
0: yeah, no, that's, that's huge. And I, I think the, the difference. And and when we talk about even something like Christocentricity or having a Christ centered life, worldview ministry, like whatever it is, it, it has to be more than again, just, just our ministry, but to have Christ at the center of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, Really, we we talk about in the intro this ancient Roman, you know, herald of the good news—the herald who comes to talk about, hey, guess what? The now coming. you're one of us, right? Uh, and then we say, well, the real good news is actually the gospel. But the, what sets the gospel apart? What sets this apart from anything else, right? Hey, great news! I got Chick Fil A for lunch today, or I got free Chick Fil A for lunch today, That's right? Even better. That's that is That's that even is better. good news, That's right? A, yeah. But what sets Jesus Christ mm. apart what sets the kerygma what sets apart you know the fact that god loves us and has a plan for our lives what separates the fact as pope francis says that jesus christ loves you he gave his life to save you and now he is living at your side every day to enlighten and strengthen and free you yeah what sets it apart is Jesus Christ himself. Yep. What sets it apart is the fact that God, who became man, who desires to be in relationship, who died right. for us, is constantly drawing himself close and drawing himself near. And so really the, the motivating factor of evangelization is that. And that's why, like I said, yep. it, like, it can't be something that's other. Mm-hmm. And it can't be outside mm-hmm. of us. And, and I, I love what you just said about the reality of how much we're accepting it. Because until we accept it, it will be exterior. It yeah. will be else. Yeah. Uh, or something and, else. And
1: even as you were talking, I mean, the more that we accept the charisma as our truth, um, the more we come to realize that that is the source and inspiration of our evangelization, right? Like the, my source of my, my evangelization is not that I am Paige Ingersoll and that like, I have a certain way of doing it and it's my way or mm-hmm. the highway. Like it doesn't become about me if I'm totally centered on, on what the gospel message is, and how that is what the driving force is of my ministry or my yeah. the way I speak on the elevator to my co worker or <laughs> as I'm walking, you know, walking out to the parking lot with co workers or family members after dinner. So anything, I'm not the driving force of the evangelization that's taking place. It truly is that Christ is my companion. And I trust that he saved me and I trust that he's going to save others and that he's going to be their companion. And I think that also just, um, it removes us from the, the, the equation. We are definitely channels of that and we need to be heralds of that, but we are not the good, like, I am not the source of that good message, right? Like Jesus Christ is. And I just think that staying focused on that charisma. um, Will help us just root ourselves that much more in spreading the gospel message yeah. to others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, like I said, things that that kind of get ingrained into your mind, and it's even just ingrained in my mind into my mind. Because at the start of every year, or I should say, since I've been here, the start of this fall, the start of the fall before that, and then every time, every year that I was starting off a ministry year um, at my previous parish, we always, always, always began with the charygma you know, that, that first retreat that you do in the fall was always focused on the right, right. because it's something, and, and Pope Francis goes on to say this in Joy of the Gospel, that we never tire of hearing it. Mm-mm. You know, it's, it's one of those things like we have such a rich tradition and, and such a wide reaching faith and everyone from, you know, the, the deepest and craziest in terms of smart intellectual people can sit there and get lost in Aquinas or in Augustine, right. as can all of us. But, um, well, we have people I can definitely get lost. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. But we we have all of this from from the highest to the lowest, from the most interest to the least amount of interest. There's so much out there to learn. So why is it that we keep coming back to the basic gospel message? And it's because we never tire of hearing this. Right. We we never should tire of hearing what Christ has done for us. And it's because this initial gospel message, again, what sets it apart is that. It's not us, but it, it's not, it doesn't come from us, right? right? This, it, it comes from God himself. Yeah. This is not my news, Mm-mm. right? And that's why as we're proclaiming it, it can, it bears so much weight. It's why it carries so much weight. That's why the conversion of hearts of teens and adults and everything in between and, and before. Yeah. The, the conversion actually happens because of the gospel, not because of our presentation
1: right and I just think that like e- even if if this was a a line that we were to wake up and say to ourselves every single day this would have hold a different meaning like Jesus Christ loves you well, he's loving me at all seasons and stages of my life I could wake up one day being married I could wake up one day being you know, um, in a, a really hard place in my life, maybe li- having lost my job, but like the, it, this message is timeless, right? There's no expiration date to yeah. saying he gave his life to save you that that's forever, um, forever unchanging. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, just based off what you were talking about of like, it is truly Christ centered. And therefore when we go and talk to other people, a huge part of uh i think a misunderstanding of evangelization is sometimes in our heads we think it's the person that's on the street corner you know yelling (laughs) out like scripture verses to us like i know i experienced that in college right and Mm -hmm. i remember being like really like put like put off by it right yeah um but that's not what we're talking about like no we're truly talking about like how do i go and how do i live out of this truth in all aspects of my life and uh, am i ready to share that good news in any way shape or form therefore we're not going into a conversation with an agenda of being like oh and just for an example Mm -hmm. if a a teen or one of our young young people come and tell us like that they're struggling with stuff at home with their family you know we're not going to go immediately and be like well you need to do this 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 and this it's like okay how am i going to meet them right here and right now And make sure that they know Jesus Christ loves you. Like, how do I just enter into their life as they are, where they are, and just say in some way, shape, or form, Jesus Christ loves you. I know this is difficult. I know this is hard. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's just not coming with an agenda. Our evangelization doesn't have the agenda of being like, I'm gonna cram this down your throat like the man on this sometimes on the corner of the street yelling. Or that
0: guy on the stage at Life Nights.
1: He's the worst. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Always an agenda. Just kidding.
0: No, no, but I a hundred percent it is. And it's Mm -hmm. as as we're trying to build and and encourage you and equip you and empower you and to talk about what evangelization can be or, or what it should look like, give you tools to grow, the biggest thing to recognize we're part of, of youth ministry. Every one of you is part of youth ministry, so we have to have a bit of an agenda when we're here. And part of the, this season, we're going to be talking specifically about youth ministry, but a lot of it's going to be just evangelization in general. How mm-hmm. do we become heralds of the gospel? Whether that's through our conversations or through the way that we live or through our preaching explicitly or our small group leading, what is it? What is it going to look like? Right. And it's it's not often going to have an agenda and it has to, to remain open to what the Lord desires to work through us and in us. Uh, But really, yeah, I think the biggest thing here and now is just to understand and to recognize that the more we accept the saving power and the saving love, and the more we accept really, as John Paul would say, the saving sovereignty, Mm -hmm. right? The the reign of our King and the fact that, you know, imagine these heralds of the gospel, imagine the fact that the first person who shared the gospel with you came and said, guess what? Just like these Roman, you know, imperial heralds said, someone else is in control now. From the moment of our baptism, right. someone else was in control, right. and accepting that that saving sovereignty of of Christ the King and that sovereignty over our lives is actually a huge part of us uh, accepting the gospel and being able to move forward, living out a gospel-centered life. Um, I, it, something that I, I, again, as we're sitting here, I've been thinking, this comes from this fancy little book called The General Directory for uh, Catechesis. Uh, and it was written, this is a, a worldwide kind of book. So this isn't just, there is a national directory just for us uh, North Americans, because we're special. Uh, but this is for, for all of the church. It was originally called the General Catechetical Directory, and then it switched, so whatever. Yeah. Just keep it clear in your mind. The GDC. But it talks about, in, in talking about evangelization, the process of continuing conversion. Right. And I think, you know, even as we talk about why we never tire of hearing the Kerygma is because, like you said, we're going to see something new every time. Exactly. But we don't just hear it once. We don't just see the gospel and accept the gospel once and say, yes that is mine that's how i choose to live right. and then move on but it's a process that will continue forever it's a mm-hmm. process that every day we get to make the choice or we have the opportunity to make the choice to choose to live the gospel to to accept the fact that god loves us and that he has died for us um but just as they describe this even the process of conversion you know they talk about interest in the gospel mm-hmm. Before we even get to conversion, before we get to uh, you know professing our faith or then journeying toward perfecting it, the very first thing that has to begin is interest in the gospel. And that's why as we talk about this kerygma, this, this basic gospel message, which is not basic at all because this flips everything on its head. This right. is the good news. Before we get anywhere, we have to understand that the interest that comes from the young people to whom we're ministering or the people around us the interest precedes everything and the interest in the gospel is only going to come about if we are living out the gospel in our lives.
1: And I think humbly submitting to the fact that like what creates that interest, what Mm -hmm. spurs that interest is not of having the most fantastical, like the, you know, the most entertaining thing. It's truly the love of God that like, like stirs that within us, you know? Um, and that, yeah, we're just, Humble stewards of that, you know? Um yeah. humble heralds of that. You Ooh, know? humble heralds. Uh, yeah, right. I like that. Yeah.
0: But if you do want to have the most fantastical things, be sure to check out the Horizon campaign at <laughs> AP.church slash horizon. We can get ourselves a nice, fancy new youth room. And mm-hmm. that will surely spark a little bit of interest in the gospel. But oh I gosh. digress. No, in all seriousness, though. Um it's good stuff. But before we can do any of that, whether we have amazing youth rooms or we're meeting in the basement or we're mm-hmm. outside in the heat in August or whatever it is, at the end of the day, living out the gospel is what is, uh, like you just said, going to draw people into this. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else for us to, to say here and now about evangelism? I don't want to give away too much because we're going to have some targeted and focused episodes uh, that are coming up, and, uh, and we're getting near the end of our time.
1: I think the main thing for me is like uh, anytime I hear something when it comes to just like podcasts about the the faith, I'm always like, okay, but what's the tangible takeaway? Like, what do I what do I do with this information now? And I think the greatest thing that we can do, being people who are actively seeking out how to be great evangelists, is I think sitting with the like that line. Right? I'll read it again. Um, just. Jesus Christ loves you, he gave his life to save you, and now he's living at your side every day to enlighten, strengthen, and free you. And I think the best thing we can do is to truly gnaw on that, that kerygma, the the gospel message. Where am I struggling to receive it? Where am I Um, really living out of, you know, like, yes, I know that God saved me. And like, maybe I'm lacking hope that he's saving other people around me or that he'll convert that one family member or like, where, where am I, you know, Um, when it comes to the gospel message. And I think that's probably the thing I would say is the tangible takeaway from this week is like, as we're striving to be evangelists, that's one of the sources of evangelization, like we said, of knowing first and foremost that God loved us. Therefore, that's what, encourages us to go forward mm. and two it's out of living out of the gospel message that we do the best evangelization that we can do yeah. you know
0: absolutely yeah and i would encourage that i think it's also then romans one sixteen that uh, saint paul says um, for i'm not ashamed of the gospel mm. for it right. is the power of salvation for everyone who believes for the jew first and then for the greek that the gospel itself is the power of our salvation because the Mm -hmm. gospel is Jesus Christ himself. Um, really quickly too, uh, that quote that we have, that page just shared from Joy of the Gospel. All of these, you know, documents are available on the Vatican's website. Yep. They're free. It's beautiful. All you have to do is Google it. So if you Google Joy of the Gospel, this comes out of paragraph one sixty four. Yep. It's pretty deep into the document. Doesn't mean it's not important. It's a huge. It's a one. huge document. Um, but feel free. Don't. You might get lost, but it's okay because it's all good stuff but um but yeah sitting with that i think would be great and then maybe even just sitting with those words of saint paul that we're not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel itself is the power of salvation for everyone and and for us included. So um, thank you for being with us. We appreciate you guys listening in. We're going to bring more. We're going to bring some... I know you're going to get sick of hearing from probably Adam and Paige, but we're going to bring in the rest of the staff. They're all going to start jumping on board with some of these future episodes. And we're just excited to share with you you know, even the slightest bit of what we have received. So, um, we're, we're happy to walk this journey with you. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for joining us and know of our prayers for you guys. Um, as we just go through this journey of figuring out how to be the best evangelists for our lives.
0: Oh yeah. The evangelizers That's what we're going to call ourselves.
1: Okay is that we didn't talk about that but we didn't fine. it's
0: okay that's fine. that'll be we next week's episode all right well from all of us here we love you guys we appreciate you we are praying for you Absolutely. thank you for being the best core members ever and thank you for listening to the core cast we'll see you next adios